When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and thanks for tuning in. I am that nerd dad, Joe Williamson. I appreciate you stopping by for a short 30-minute visit. Um, first one of the new year. Happy New Year. Um, it's on kind of a shitty day. It's January 6th. It's the one-year anniversary of the uh, insurrection or attempted coup, however you want to phrase it. Um, as a result of that and knowing the day, I did. Uh, I bring, brought back a guest. I brought back uh, Rachel. Uh, who joined me a couple weeks ago, talked about her PTSD, uh, Army vet. I wanted to talk to someone um, with some insight and who maybe had um, just provide some context to us and give us her thoughts on the whole day. Um, so I, I brought her back and we talk about the, the tragedy that was that day. Um, but we have fun with it, as horrible as that sounds. Um, Rachel... And I have a very similar dark sense of humor. So um, there are some jokes in there. Um, you'll have fun with it. Plus, special appearance by her dog, Winston. Who's all over this thing. If you love dogs interrupting interviews, this is the interview for you. Um, so before I, I throw to that, I want to sh show two things. Uh, I got two gifts that stood out this year over the holiday season. One is uh, my, my screaming goat. I don't know if you can see it there. My screaming goat. And listen to him here. <laughs> Yeah, he's fantastic. Um, and then uh, I also got um, a, a very awesome relative. Uh, made me a, a nerd dad shirt. I'm going to try and get the whole thing in there. Yeah. So they uh, it's just an Old Navy shirt. Shout out to Old Navy. But they uh, they had it designed with my logo on it. So um, I love that. I'm not ready to sell merch. I don't think anyone's ready to buy my shirt yet. But um, I love it. And it meant a lot to me. It was a very thoughtful gift. So, all the uh, welcome backs are out of the way. Let's throw to my interview with Rachel. Are you listening? Damn. Uh. Hello, and thanks for tuning in. I am back. Uh, and this time, I have brought uh, Rachel at Pro Warrior. Warrior, I did this last time again. Uh, she has to change her Twitter handle just for me. Um, look, it's 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 kind of a depressing day in America, and um, I wanted to um, try to get some perspective and and talk to someone that I know and trust. And uh, there's no one I trust more than Rachel. So um, if you tuned in a couple weeks ago, uh, Rachel uh, was very forthcoming with her her tale of. Um, being an army vet and, and dealing with PTSD and, and Rachel, I'm so glad you agreed to come back and that you enjoyed our chat. So thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. And, and look, today, uh, is January 6th, um, one year since the, they're calling it the insurrection, which I think yeah. very, sounds kind of very movie title ish. Um, and I think it's just a, I agree. it's a coup. It was a coup attempt. It was a, like, let's call it what it was a coup attempt. 100%. Um, and, and I want to just kind of set the scene um, with a little excerpt from CNN here that I stole. Um, 
kind of just talks about the the amount of damage that was done and kind of where we are now. So the ensuing chaos led to the deaths of multiple people uh, the day of the attack or shortly thereafter, while several officers who responded to the Capitol during the attack later died by suicide. More than 700 people have been charged, and the FBI says there's probably upwards of another 100 more coming down the pipeline. Um, as an Army vet, as a proud U.S. citizen, served their country nobly, um, where were you last year? How did, how did you feel then? How do you feel now about the whole situation? Uh, so, well, first and foremost, um, you know, when I talk about things that are not directly related to me and I and I have this perspective of being a veteran, I, I always want to mention and I think it's important that, you know, veterans are, are people and we are different and diverse. And so we all have very different points of view. Um, we do have a community and we talk a lot to each other about issues, but in general, um we have a, a large range of ideologies and ideas about things and events. So I speak for myself, obviously. Um, I feel like that's important because veterans kind of get thrown under a, people like to talk for us <laughs> a lot. So, um, so anyway. I, I, I feel like people a, like to use you. They like to use us. That's they like to use us for, the troops, for their own the game. Troops. Respect the troops. That's yeah. disrespectful. Anyway. Um, yeah, it's it's exhausting, you know, having people speak for you and, and knowing that you don't agree. So I just want to throw that out there. Um, I, at the time I worked from home, uh, which I'm doing again right now from surgery but i was about to say for i paul i should have inc i should have included as part of the introduction she's bedridden she had knee, knee surgery like shortly after our conversation i did uh, a yeah. couple weeks ago and she yeah, spent the actually, holidays in bed we scheduled our conversation around that we did around that surgery so anywho um uh i worked from home at the time and i can only describe it as like disbelief um, because, you know, it very much feels like something that you would watch happen in another country. It really does. You know, I, I grew up when I enlisted, we were very heavily in the Iraq war and, you know, we were hunting Saddam Hussein and all of that stuff. You know, that was my, my teen years were, uh, 9-11 and, you know, the, the wars that result that were the result of that. Um, so it felt like it couldn't be happening. The, the images were very disturbing because it was, you know, things we recognize our capital and our monuments and people who, who look like us. Um, but it didn't feel like it could be possible. But at the same time, leading up to that, I think there was an air of this is going to be bad. You know, what was, what was happening in the, the rhetoric around um, the election and the event that was taking place that day. I think there was an air of like, this is going to be bad. You know, um, I don't think anybody expected that bad. Yeah. I think, I think, I think, a reasonable person kind of thought, eh, there's going to be some sort of a riot, some sort of a protest. 
protest, yeah. You know, and it maybe got out of hand. Um, I don't think anyone had envisioned a bunch of racist idiots uh, storming the Capitol and, and using mm-hmm. fire extinguishers as weapons. Um, or or the American flag, like using swinging the American oh. flag as a weapon. Oh, that hurt. That um, hurt. That was painful to, to chanting see hang Mike Pence and shit like that. It was just, yeah. I don't think anyone envisioned it getting that far. No, I don't think so. And so I'm from Oklahoma. Um, so we, you know, in Oklahoma, it's a, it's a red state, very conservative, very religious. Um, you know, our news after that happened was plastered with Oklahomans who were there. You know, like this person was seen there. They own this business. This person was seen there. They're, they're the sheriff of this town, you know. So, it, I mean, I'm not kidding. That That's a thing that happened. Um, It was it was a constant. My dog is shaking my Aww, um, Winston. It knows you're talking about something much. serious. It's like, it's okay. He's, calm down. <laughs> he's a mess. He's he's adorable. Um, He's only eight months old. Aww. But anywho, um, so yeah, our local news was plastered with people who were there and, and, you know, namely it was business owners and, and politicians and people in public service because, you know, those are the ones that the community has some power over, right? Like they can choose to not shop there. They can, um, not reelect that person or whatever. Um, but that was the, that was kind of the second slap in the face was like, okay, these aren't just random people that I can't, that I couldn't see on the street, you know. These are people that have businesses in my hometown. Yeah, and I think, and, and I mean, to me, there's a difference between someone who attended the rally and someone yeah. who went to the Capitol. Yes. Right, because the, the rally was the precursor to storming the Capitol, maybe for lack of a better term, or maybe to use an accurate right. term. Um no, it there's is. A big, yeah, there's a big difference between someone who just went and was like, you know, Trump, make America great again. And the election right. was stolen from us. And then it was like, saw people go into the Capitol. was like, mm, that's fucking crazy. Uh, right. <laughs> I'm going home. Um, right. It's, but these were your neighbors. These were people. Yes. Who, this was in your yeah. face. Now, I'm going to ask, did you happen to actually know anyone who went? No, thank okay. God. I'm <laughs> so relieved. Yeah. You're like, hey, Kim. <laughs> Yeah. Nothing like that. No, I'm so relieved that I wasn't watching it. I was like, oh, Billy Bob. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> so it's on the news. It's it's clearly affected your 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 home state because um, yeah. you're seeing some representation. Uh, yeah. As a parent, do your kids come to talk to you about it? Was it talked about in the schools? Like, um, how so did how did kids handle this? Let me think. 2020. So at that time, my kids were all homeschooled and I was very relieved. They were okay. all virtual. Yep. Um, so I had a lot of, I, I really hate to say control, but mm-hmm. I had a lot of control over what they were exposed to when they were exposed to it, which was really nice for me because I could kind of process and like think about it and think about what to say. Um, my husband's an army vet also, and he's in the Air Force now. And so, you know, we had a lot of really surreal conversations um uh, about it and 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 mostly just uh, how did we get here how did this happen type of 
conversations. Um, and so we tried to flesh those things out for ourselves before we talk to the kids. Um, and, you know, obviously that everybody assumes that it's easiest or that my teenager is going to be like the most interested, I guess, or have the most questions, but my 10 year old has ADHD. So she's like, she has so many questions. <laughs> um, and she's definitely the hardest one. Like you've got to make sure you've got your, your bases covered when you're ready to talk to her about something because she is coming with the questions. Right. <laughs> So, and, and, you know, we talked, we talked to them about things like this isn't, we talked to them about the protests around, um, you know, police shootings. We talked to them about, um, current events in general. Uh, we find ways to, to have these conversations and, and that's the crappy part about being a parent is you do have to find ways to have these conversations. They're going to hear somebody's opinion. It's exactly it. You're almost trying to control the narrative. You you are to an extent. You're trying to be the first piece of information that they see. And in my home, the most reliable and fact-based information. You know, I, I had to really strip all of my feelings about it away. Okay. Because I don't, I don't find that helpful when talking. So... So when you say you had to strip your feelings about it, I, look, I, I'm going to gather uh, you weren't happy no. uh, <laughs> about it, just based upon what you're saying. But what did you, what were you consciously trying to censor from your kids? I was really trying to just, you know, for me, I think it's important that kids get information and not that they are, they have to process it themselves because they're not quite old enough, but I think it's important for them to receive information and start to develop how they feel about it, you know, without seeing how I feel first. Um, if something bothers mom, they're going to be bothered. And, and this is not to say that I don't want them to be bothered by this. I, I do, but I want them to feel that way because they feel that way. Not because I feel that way. Okay. That's a, I'm going to say that's noble. That feels like a noble thing because a lot of parents want their kids to kind of view the world that they view it as they see it, as they view it. Um, mm -hmm. Because it's easier for them to understand. It reduces the questions later on. Um, yeah. Right? It does. Yeah. And and as much as we all talk about free thinking and, you know, we want our kids to be free spirited and free think, we don't really want them to be free. We want them to be in our comfort zone. No. Yeah. <laughs> We definitely want limits to that, like, like free within reason. <laughs> exactly. Um, now we're, we're one year on, um, mm -hmm. and I, I'm, I'm, I personally am a little torn about how this whole thing is being handled and approached from a, um, a U.S. government perspective. Yeah, I'm sure. also not too keen about the way it's being, um, played with on social media um yeah. you know i saw someone tweet out something to the effect of it's insurrection eve be sure to leave out your maga hats for santa or something and i was like uh i don't know if we'd be doing this about uh like pearl harbor like i i just because it was right. an attack like on democracy it, yeah so to kind of the thing that i keep comparing it to is benghazi 
Okay. Um, I don't know how much you know about Benghazi. Yep. But, Anything um, Fox told me, I know it all. Yeah. Okay. So I keep, <laughs> <laughs> you are the expert on Benghazi. Um, Hillary Clinton did it herself. She did. She flew <laughs> with the wings on her back. That's all she did. <laughs> Anyways, go ahead. <laughs> um. Anyway, I so I keep kind of comparing it to Benghazi because the similar. I really hate talking about it this way. Similar death tolls. Um, so similar, like kind of, I don't, I don't want to say chain of events, but that's just the closest thing that I have to compare it to. Um, I don't think there would be much joking. I don't remember much joking about Benghazi. No. And I think I it's because like it's of who perpetrated this attack yeah. they're easy to make fun of yeah they're they're billy bob they are yeah i mean the costumes like the there was the guy with the the, the horns horn thing yeah mm-hmm. so they're so easy to kind of poke fun at and you know we've been poking fun i say we've been poking fun people have been poking fun at the maga hats for a long time and so i guess it just kind of comes naturally and you know i you know that i know that humor is healing we mm-hmm. know this but there are some things that just aren't funny. But... Yeah, and even and, and even one step further, like the idea of um, the the Biden administration choosing to do like a day of remembrance sort of thing. It, it, I couldn't help but feel like this is also being politicized. Political theater, yeah. Yeah, this is a bit like mm-hmm. mm, you remember remember how crazy the Republicans were. We're gonna right. have a day to Don't talk about forget. how. Yeah. <laughs> Never forget. It's the new 9/11. Never forget. It's, oh man, that's a uh, dark joke. I'm so sorry. Um, no, I mean. But but what where I'm going with this is to your point, political theater. It's mm-hmm. there is some ad there there is some advantage to doing a day of remembrance yes. of this day and to have people talk about it and share their stories because they're not done, kind of sifting through. Yeah. How we got here. Um, but the political theater of it all still kind of irks me because I don't, but I don't know if there's a way to do it naturally. Oh, he's taking over. I love it. He is. What's it? What's his name? Winston. Winston. Ah, Winston. Hi, Winston. Um, he's like, that's enough serious conversation. I'm just getting in here. Right. He's like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna take the tone down. I love it. Too serious. Yeah. He heard the 9-11 joke and he was like, fuck this. I'm ending this. He's like, okay, guys. Yeah, so. that's that. Okay, <laughs> easy, easy, easy. Right. Um, but okay, is is there a way that date that they could not commemorate, but have a day that doesn't feel political? Is there? Is it possible? I I don't think so because the day was so political. It it was such a political day, and it was all. I mean, it was based around an election, so I don't feel like there's a way to do it that doesn't feel like political theater. Um, the entire process, like the, uh, oh gosh, I just blanked the process that they're going through kind of reviewing the events. And that's one of the reasons I keep comparing it to Benghazi because it feels the same where it's very much like it's political theater and it's a lot of, um, I don't know. It's, it's not a helpful rhetoric. And I think 
us dealing with that all year and then coming into the year anniversary and having this event, none of it feels authentic. That's you just nailed it. The authenticity of it all. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't pass the smell test. Um and I I, I agree. I think especially, you know, from it's important that we talk about these days of tragedy that we yeah. remember. And I think it's important that, because, uh, you know, reminding people about what the attack on democracy and how, how real it was. Like they were, yeah, they were inches away from causing real damage. If, yep. if, if the, 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 the men and women who work in that building didn't act the way they did, it could have been a very different result. Um, and, um, I think it's important that we do it, but it's just the the political climate really everywhere, but it feels like especially in the States, um, is so extreme. The left and the right are so far that anything that looks like a uh, someone extending their hand across the aisle is kind of like, well, why? Yeah. What do you want what's, out of it? What's in it for you? Yeah. It's really... Um... It's sad. And I think about like, you know, as I've gotten older and I've kind of learned more, <laughs> I've learned more. Um, and then there have time, there have been times that I've had to take steps back. Um, and I had to do that a bit with this, with the insurrection as well. Winston, you are just. I love the camera time. He's just right. It. And he just keeps putting it's his like face right, right in your shot. Right Go ahead. It'll like look like of... Winston's giving a passionate speech. It's fine. Yeah. I'm... <laughs> I'm just going to put his face right here. Yeah. Um, there have been times where I have to take breaks where I, I cannot. <laughs> that was awesome. Okay. Oh, that was supposed to be a serious moment. Yeah. Anyway. Now, I'm curious. Is Winston uh, an emotional support animal or is it just like a family pet? He he was purchased to get trained to be a support animal, yes. Okay. Um, right now, since he's just eight months old, he's just a family pet, but he's in training. Um, we have a Thank trainer you. that goes out once a week. So. I think Winston is a natural. I think Winston's a natural. He really is, yeah. It's kind of funny watching him follow me around when I'm crutching in the house and stuff, because he's very cautious and very like um, intuitive about it. It's interesting to me. Um, but anyway... Um, I had to take breaks from the news just in general because I couldn't handle what was happening. And, and you know, I, my husband kind of said something similar where he just could not handle hearing any more about it because it was so surreal. It was so degrading, you know, because as a veteran, I, like I said, we're all very different. But there are some things that I think we kind of have um, identical. We're a community for a reason. You know, we have things in common. We have a lot of things in common. Um, and a lot of it, we have a lot of pride. Um, we do serve for a reason, you know. Every single one of us has a different reason, but we all serve for a reason. Um, and it's a, it's... It's hard to see images like that and it be at home. 
it is very, very hard. And so I had to take steps back from the news, um, partially because of, like you said, the way that they're talking about things and the, the just the political theater and the way that they're communicating about things. Like, please just tell us what's going on. Can we, can we just hear what's going on without don't your, need the graphics <laughs> without your political filter on it? No. You know, I think that's the most frustrating thing. It's like, let us just have the information and let us do what we need to do with that information. Um, but it's, it's hard. It is very hard. Um, and you know, there, there are some veterans who, who thought that it was a valid thing. You know, I'm, it's a thing. It's not a, it's not common, but those people exist, you know, just kind of like the ones who don't want to get vaccinated right now. That's a big problem in the Oklahoma national guard and the Texas national guard because they've lost so much trust in their government. Um, but that's probably a different conversation. <laughs> well, it, 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 yeah, I mean, like, look, we're we're kind of out of time, but I would say it's it's all an erosion, right? Like, it's all yeah. it's all it's an erosion of of trust in yeah. in in those who lead us. Yeah. Um. And and the the conversation I think needs to be had um, about whether or not kind of what's the what's the who holds that responsibility? Is it the leaders who themselves seem untrustworthy and have proven themselves to be untrustworthy or, and to what extent does the media play in that yep. where they are presenting? Cause they can craft an image. They can, they can, they oh, can yeah. model it. They can steal a sound bite. They can, they can add the creepy music. They can Fox news the right. shit out of something right. um, to make you feel and get that visceral response. Um, yeah. So it's hard to find someone who just looked in the camera, you know, the the the, the brokaws of the world uh, that are long gone, that mm-hmm. would just sit and tell you the facts as they understand it. And that was the yeah. end. Those days are gone. It's all it's all theater now. It's all and for it, clicks and views and likes and all kinds of. Oh shit. yeah, and I mean the politicians are trying to get that soundbite. They're trying to get that that clip that sounds zingy and shows up in the headlines, and you know. They can go on. They they can go viral. Like politicians yes. want to go viral. They do. That's what they Just do. like I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. Damn it! This is two appearances in like trying. thirty days. <laughs> and we'll find some. I'm sure Winston's going to get a clip when I do the clip. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> God, that one. I'm definitely clipping that. Now we're oh, just talking. Uh, Rachel Pro Warrior, 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 Pro Warrior. God. You're a joy and a treat, and I, I value your time. Uh, thank thank you. you for your service. Thanks for everything today. Um, rest up, and I promise you I will continue to be in touch because um, you're only the second person to make a reoccurring appearance on the show. Oh, really? Sham, Sham was so the odd. first. Sham made uh, two appearances. Uh, now now you. So, um, And I think you're going to make a third before Sham makes the third. Fuck that guy. Fuck Sham. Oh. Dang, I love you. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's the clip. Fuck shit. That's the clip. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to hit end recording. Are you sure you want to stop recording? That's it. It's a show. Um, I want to thank Rachel Pro Warrior. Warrior. Again, um, I really can't thank her enough. Um, we have so much fun together. And um, I 
promise you she'll be back again. The feedback from you, the audience, uh, was that you really liked Rachel as well. Um, I had a couple people reach out to me directly and say like, hey, that was a re- <laughs> she's really entertaining and she she is great. So uh, she'll be back, that's for sure. Um, uh, I don't have anything else. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of keep it short here. I want to keep it short and succinct today. I want to thank DeanBlundell.com for continuing to support this crummy little podcast as we make our way through uh, and, and continue to acquire better guests than I deserve. God, these people are amazing. Um, and then I also want to thank my sponsor, Blue Microphones, powered by Blue. I've got this awesome microphone and headset. Uh, quick, funny story. I had a therapist appointment earlier today. And um, because I knew I was interviewing Rachel as well, I just set up my full gear. Normally, I don't <laughs> I don't normally go into therapy with my podcast gear. Um, but when I logged on for the session, he looked at me and was like, that's a fancy mic. <laughs> and I said, you're right, Doc. I'm powered by blue. Um, that last part didn't happen. But I said, thank you. Anyways, it was a good session. Uh, we'll talk next week. We'll figure out who the guest is as I get closer. I don't know yet. I've got I got several people who are, have agreed. Um, it's just making all the schedules work. And uh, I have learned anything during my time as a podcaster. It's that the scheduling part is the worst part. I don't mind editing. Um, I don't mind uh, getting all this shit set up. Scheduling is a nightmare. Um, So if you're interested in getting into a podcast and you're going to do guests, have fun with that. We'll talk next week. Be well. Be safe. Thanks for listening. Damn. Do, did, will. The Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jag and Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.